Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. The regular season is full of peaks and valleys, right? I mean, that's what a regular season is. You're going to have some games where you're stuck looking at yourself afterwards going, what the fuck happened? How did we lose that game? Why? And then you have nights like tonight where the Chicago Bulls come to town and the Phoenix Suns wearing those classic 90s uniforms, which remind us of once upon a time back in 1993, 30 years ago, when Michael Jordan and the Chicago Bulls played this team in the NBA Finals. And guess what happened tonight? It felt like Michael Jordan was in the stadium. It felt like he was in the arena. Wearing purple and orange, embodied, Matthew, by Devin Armani Booker, who scores 51 points in three quarters on 20 of 25 shooting and six of seven from beyond the arc, man. What a game. That's what makes the regular season fun. Because sometimes you have your valleys. Tonight is one of those peaks. Well, you said Jordan, and I was thinking Kobe earlier, but I'll go with Jordan. Jordan, That was baby. insane. I've never seen a game like this in my life. I've never experienced this where I just walk out of the room at halftime. I'm like, dude, I feel like I just had the best sex of my life. I need some fluids. That's the way the second <laughs> quarter was. Oh, it was amazing, man. I couldn't believe what was going on. Uh, this right here, like, the way Aiton and, and Booker are, this is the championship squad we're looking for, for sure. When you have Devin Booker and DeAndre Aiton playing the way that they did tonight, and it just so happens that I'm wearing my NBA Jam shirt with Booker and Aiton on it, they combined for 81 points tonight. That's the other side of this story that we're going to talk about. Is not only did Devin Booker have an amazing night, but DeAndre Aiton goes out and scores 30 points and grabs 16 fucking rebounds. Like, it was the... Shaq and Kobe, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton show tonight where it was like we finally saw the one-two punch that we've been waiting five years to see where they just take turns on possessions, just murdering the team, the opposition, and guess what happens at the same time? Other members of the team kind of weave themselves in and out of the offense, and this team, to your point, looks like a championship-level team. Yeah, you have Booker, you have Ayton. Those are the two guys that need to win a championship for us, and everybody else, just do your thing. Craig, go get those boards. Uh, Mikhail, hit those threes. Do the shit you do. It's so weird. We're going to look back and be like, we were trying to find our second or third score, right? But the whole time, it just needs to be Booker and Hayden, Shaq, Kobe, whatever the fuck that is. That was insane. I never expected this in a million years, honestly. Well, so much to talk about on this edition of the Suns Jam Session podcast. So if you happen to be watching along live, thank you for hanging out with us. Smash that thumbs up button like Devin Booker was smashing Everything tonight, everything in sight. Uh, make sure you subscribe, rate, and review. If you're on Apple Podcasts, take some time. Give us five stars. Write a review. We'll read it live right here on the pod. If you're on Spotify, hit that five-star review as well. It helps us, and it helps put us in front of more Phoenix Suns fans and maybe some people who are League Pass fans, and they just so happen to be watching the Phoenix Suns tonight to see what was going on, and they saw the utter beauty and that is Devin Booker's game and maybe afterwards like hey I want to see what Phoenix Suns fans are up to after the game well th this is what you do you hang out with the with uh John and Matthew jam J-A-M John and Matthew on the jam session you hang out in the chat with your jamsters and you and you you, know, you talk about the highs and you talk about the lows of a season this is definitely a high uh, I'm super excited about this podcast Matthew plenty to talk about so we're going to be cracking open beers right you got to have a beer on with you tonight right well, I could barely afford to turn my ceiling fan on the whole way, so I don't have any beer tonight. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have my last in my series of cider beers that I'm plowing through. I got Cider, board, cider Boys uh, Cider Beer. This is called Grand Mimosa. It's an apple orange hard cider. So, again, you know, I'm, I work in the food and beverage industry. Uh, some of my amazing vendors always hook me up with some different types of beers and liqueurs and spirits and such, so there's always a lot of booze at the Voida household. But I'm going to pop this one, baby. Can't wait to pop open like cans again. Get it. And let's uh let's talk about this amazing win for your Phoenix Suns over them Chicago Bulls. 
dominating victory by your Phoenix Suns, who end up winning this game tonight against the Chicago Bulls by a final score of 132-113. to A 19-point victory, a game that they led wire to wire. This one was uh, the Phoenix Suns were leading the entire time. They got up by 20 and just kind of, they kind of held fast there, Matthew. But that's going to bring me to my first question. Matthew, I got to ask. Matthew, I got to ask. Okay, Fabio, one of our loyal jamsters, he's in here almost every time after after a game. He goes, "Wait, is that's why it's called jam session, John and Matthew?" So that's my question, Matthew. Why is it called the Jam Session Podcast? That's exactly it. I'll never forget the day we were golfing, and you came up with it. You're like John, Jam, you're like John and Matthew, Jam. And we just changed our name like a week before. Yes. And we're like, well, we'll change it maybe the next year. And then you're like, no, you're like, no, we're changing it tomorrow. That's perfect. That's the way it's been. We changed our name like 10 times before we got the jam session. We used to get made fun of for that too. Yeah. It was the running joke among fellow sons podcasters was every like two months we'd have a new name as we tried to find out what our name was. And then, yeah, we're playing a Gia, right? That like par 27, it's nine holes of all par threes. And we were out there one time and it just hit me. I was just like, John and Matthew, jam. Holy shit. And we've been the Suns jam session ever since. So that was my my question because I thought that, you know, I tell some of my friends and they still don't get it. I mean, it makes sense. It's yeah, per- the- it was meant to be. We were meant to be <laughs> since birth, right? Since this birth, yes. Yeah. This whole pod from birth, this is what we were meant to be. But talking about tonight, like, I, I don't know where to start. Eh, I do. Big Dick Booker. Devin Booker, ladies and gentlemen. Devin Booker had what you would like to call a game. And this is one of those games that will definitely get the attention of anybody who is a national media pundit. Not necessarily because of the fact that he scored 51 points. 51 points happens from time to time. It's the fact that he went 20 of 25 from the field. It's the fact that he went six of seven from deep. It's the fact that he only went five of six from the free throw line. He had six assists. He had four rebounds, but he did so in 31 minutes and was unbelievably efficient. Uh, Yeah, somebody just said very big dick booker in this game. I mean, Matthew, I guess I'll ask you this first question as we kind of work ourselves backwards into the performance that was Devin Booker. Do you think Monty should have put Book back in the game in the fourth quarter? No, no. I like the way it ended. Um, I did kind of want to see it, but then once he has 51, I always just want the 50. And he does. He's not yes. going to get 60, so anything else, it would just take away from the momentum, you know? He just, he left at such a high, uh, just the, the way he finished the third quarter was just beautifully done. And if he were to come back in, I feel like it kind of would have ruined it a little bit. So he he ended it perfectly, got his 51. Then you have DeAndre Aiden that wants him 30. Um I honestly think that even if the Bulls were to come back, he would come back in. But it just seemed like this team was just so competitive. When you have a team, when you have a player that goes for fifty, it usually seems kind of lopsided. Like the one player gets everything, gets all the glory, but they still played team ball in the fourth to finish them off. It's crazy because usually it's a big letdown from other players, but not in this case, man. Devin Booker, dude, you want to start with Devin Booker? I'll talk about Devin Booker and then being an MVP candidate. I mean, we kind of talked yes. about the last part a little bit. It seemed a little crazy, but right now, man, he's playing on a team that has three starters that were not in the finals last year, three players that were very valuable to, to the, in the finals two years ago. Yes. And he's doing it with this team. He has Aiden. He's put up with Aiden's shit for, for, for so long. And now you're seeing him just pull this different kind of Aiden out of him where Aiden just wants to score 30 points too. He's making everyone better. And those shots, man, I don't know if you noticed, like, his three-point shot was different tonight. Like he was shooting them in traffic. Of course, he was hot. But he was, like, straight up and tall in the crowd, shooting those threes over everybody. I don't think I've really seen that from Book ever. It was, like, Steph-esque where he's just going to go up covered. But it was a different-looking release. It was more confident. Of course, everyone in the building wanted him to shoot. Um, but he just looked different tonight, man. He kept it quiet. He was smiling with CP3. I, might, I thought that might ruin it. He came back in, got his 51. I mean, he was doing all over the place, man. I don't – like I said before in the beginning, man, I've never seen this kind of game from any Suns player. I mean, I didn't really live through the 90s watching that, but this was just something different. 
Well, and you go back and you look at like his his 70 per point performance and there was some cherry picking at the end and ultimately it was in a loss. What was amazing about this game, one is the fact that, you know, I'll answer the question that I asked you. Should Monty have brought him back in the fourth? No. He went over 50 and it just adds to kind of the allure and the mystery of the game, knowing that he didn't even get a chance to play in that fourth quarter. He went 10 for 11 from the field in the third quarter, scored 26 points at 25 and a half. He scored 26 in that fourth quarter, or I'm sorry, in that third quarter. So it will always be like, well, what if, what if he got an opportunity to play in the fourth, what he could have his point total have been. It'll always kind of, I like that kind of cliffhanger knowing that the game was in hand, knowing that he played 31 minutes uh, of the available 36 that he could have possibly played in. He put in the, he put in the work and he got rewarded to sit back and just look up at that stat line up in the rafters for a quarter and just see 20 of 25, six of seven, 51 next to his name. He earned that. And I think that is, it was absolutely fantastic the way that that happened. What's interesting is this comes on the heel uh, of the athletic re- releasing an article this morning uh, by Sam Amick. And he was pretty much doing a, uh, you know, the name of the article on the athletic is called Devin Booker unplugged on Suns offseason haters, motivation and MVP race. He's quote, not even in. And it's this very good sit down uh, that he has with Devin Booker. And he's talking about, you know, I, it, how it is early in the season, but he's he's already an MVP candidate, despite people not wanting him to necessarily be an NBA MVP candidate. And, you know, Jason Tatum also went off tonight. And Jason Tatum's going to get all the love and all the flowers because he plays on the East Coast. He's playing for the Boston Celtics, which currently have the best record in the league. And, and well, he as well, he should. But when Devin Booker has performances like this, as you mentioned, Matthew, where he's doing it in such a variety of different ways, it looks so smooth. It looks so easy for him. He just did the same thing to Sacramento. I mean, he just did the same thing, you know, a few weeks. uh, You know, he scored 44 points. You know, I think this is what the eighth time this year he scored over 40 points. I mean, the statistics that he's throwing up there, the way that he's playing it's just, it's ungodly, it's unworldly, and it's, as you mentioned, it's some of the best basketball that's ever been played in Phoenix, Arizona. He has the most points in franchise history through the first, what, 21 games of a season? It's a fact. That's yeah. Narvani Booker. Yeah, he does. And uh, the reason, like, he is an MVP candidate is because he comes back out in the second quarter where it looks like, you know, the Bulls are kind of getting back into it with our bench, just not doing a very good job. I mean, you know, Washington Jr. out there, and he's trying to run point again with Shamit, not looking too good. So Booker comes back in, and, dude, like, he scores the first two points. He hits D.A. twice in a row for a nice assist. He's getting yeah. him involved. Like, that's the difference. He's uh, – I know Tatum's doing a great job. Tatum and Booker are probably going to be the two guys. Jokic will probably win the MVP, like always. He'll probably do a three-peat. Bill Simmons was talking about some weird Sun stuff, but I feel like he hasn't really watched them. So I, I think, like, you're not going to hear about it in the NBA, around the NBA as much. The No Dunks crew were talking about the Suns being a surprise. So that's another thing there, too. Going into the season, a lot of people thought the Suns would take a step down. Like, the way they handled the contract with DeAndre Ayton was looked down upon by a lot of people. The chemistry was a big issue. Uh, Jay Crowder just being, you know, not there, <laughs> that's a big issue. Booker's done all this through that. He's had a little slump here or there, which was just tiny. It was during his breakup with Kendall. But now, man, he's all about basketball. His focus is 100% basketball. And the his efficiency has gone up. The scoring has gone up. He's going to get 30 points a game this year. If he can eclipse that mark with 30 points with this team, Chris Paul missing maybe 40 games this year, just depending on injury off and on, who knows how much he's going to play this year. That's huge. That's going to be big for Booker. And if he can have Aiton play this way, He's MVP candidate number one. He is. It just has to last the whole season for sure. Did you even mention the whole Sarver saga as well? Whoops. You know, I mean, that too. I mean, just add that into, again, I was at Suns Media Day, and it was a very somber environment where they just wanted to kind of put their heads down. They knew they were going to get a million questions about Robert Sarver and, and the reports that were coming out. He's selling the team. And, and you know, again, Devin Booker has led this team to the way to to where they're at and he's doing it on the court and off the court. Uh, you know, a couple other fun facts that come out of this game, and they're going to continue to come. Crazy Luigi says, fun fact, this is now the first win for the Suns when Devin Booker scores 50 or more points in a game. This is actually Devin Booker's, what, fifth time, fourth time 
that he's ever scored 50 or more points. He scored obviously 70 points against the Boston Celtics on the uh, 24th of March, 2017. That was a loss. On the 25th of March, 2019, he scored 59 against the Utah Jazz at Utah. They lost that game. And he scored 50 once before at the friendly confines of the put, of the Footprint Center, uh, also in March, on March 27th, 2019. Uh, and that was a loss to Washington. This is the first time that he's ever scored 50-plus points in a Suns win. And this is the second highest total for a Phoenix Sun at home, only behind Tom Chambers's. uh what, 60 points, and he did that also in March, and it was March 24th, 1990. And it was very poetic, if you will, that it happened on 90s night. So whenever you show this highlight moving forward, it's going to be Devin Booker looking in, the, in so sweet in those sexy threads. Dan Marley sitting front row. Devin Booker's dapping him up in between you know timeouts and stuff. I mean, it's like another reason that you and I have, have become – unbelievably loyal fans of Devin Booker is his respect and honor for this franchise. Like when they won the 63rd game last season and he gives his Jersey down McCoy when it's nineties night and they're rocking the sunburst and Dan Marley, who looks orange as fuck, by the way, he looks like an Oompa Loompa. That oh, guy's yeah. so he, tan. It's an alcoholic thing. I think, I don't know what it is with them. He, he drinks, drinks a lot. Of beer, right? a lot. People yeah. that drink a lot and play a lot of golf. They look like that. Yeah. He golfs over at the Arizona country club. I have a bunch of friends who used to work there growing up. And he used to say, they used to say, man, he comes out, he golfs all the time. He drinks and like, and he just, he's tan as shit, but you got Devin Booker paying homage to him in the middle of a 51 point performance. The things that he has done for this franchise is it's unquantifiable and it's unquantifiable how valuable he truly is. I mean, I guess it technically is quantifiable. He's got the super max contract, so you can put a number on it. But to us as, as members of the fan base, having a, a Devin Booker type, be the face of your franchise. Who, somebody who goes out and scores 51 points, and this is this is probably my favorite part, Matthew. No celebrating. No screaming. No doing one the scream. One scream. One for 51. Scream. Yeah, for 51, he got it on a fast break. That's how he got it. Like, that was a, a, a great way for a 10. But, you know, Steph Curry, when he gets in his grooves, he's hitting threes, he's turning around, he's showboating, he's doing all the, you know, hopping around like a little kid. Devin Booker's an all-business, man. And you have to respect that. I love that. Other people like the Steph Curry stuff, and I get that. It's the same argument in, like, baseball, right? When you have Jose Batista hitting a home run and staring at it for, like, 10 seconds. Some people hate it. Some people like it. You know, the showboating is just part of the culture of the sport. I like the the Larry Fitzgerald types, the Devin Booker types, who it's like when Larry Fitzgerald would score a touchdown, he'd throw the ball to the refs and he'd go celebrate with his team. It was never like, you know, doing the dirty bird or any of those dances. Devin Booker, same way. Strictly business, man. Yeah, he is, and I think a couple championships underneath his belt, then he would be, you know, he can celebrate all he wants. That's the thing is, like, last year was such a letdown. Now he's just so focused to get through the season. He takes this team as seriously as anybody takes any team in the NBA as their own, and he has a GM that really fights for him to get his players, like a coach that gets his players. Like, you know that Booker has such a say in this organization. That's why I'm asking is if we do win a championship this year, or, you know, he wins MVP or something crazy that's fun that happens. Can we just keep these jerseys and keep that whole line of jerseys? Just Please. have them come back. And get the get the court back to looking a little bit better, too. But other than that, man, I don't know why I brought that up. I just really love I, – I love that you brought up the highlight thing where you're going to look back on this. He's going to be wearing that jersey. It's his favorite jersey. It's his favorite jersey he likes to wear. It might be something to do with that because I just – I don't I don't know what happened tonight. But it, we all knew it was in him, and it just came out. And it was just glorious to watch. It was insanely just uh, different words. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what else to say because it really is. It's one of those moments and one of those nights where, you know, I, I mentioned it at the top of the podcast where going through a, a regular season, a random Wednesday at the end of November is just a random Wednesday at the end of November. But then you have moments like this, and this is what makes the sport so much fun. This is what makes watching basketball as entertaining as it is, is having these brief moments where it's just like, you know what? I'm having a great time. I'm I'm watching somebody have a great time. And I'll tell you that, you know what the most exciting part of this was for me, Matthew? Do you want to really know? Yes. I covered this game for Brightside. Oh, yeah. Dude. I got a oh, win finally, baby. I'm yeah. one and four this season. Covered the Suns for Brightside. Tonight, what dude. a great game. <laughs> My last game, Devin Booker had 44 points, but they lost to the Jazz. It was the game where they lost by like 1 point, 113 to 112, I think. 
And like, I got to, I got to write about this one, which was an easy write. You're like Devin Booker, Devin Booker, DeAndre, Devin Booker, Devin Booker, the end. So yeah, it was even, a fun night. You even heard like Vince Morata, like after that dunk or whatever, he's like Devin Booker. It's like, all right. Like it was constant. And then I was almost going to be like, trade Shamit. Why is Shamit shooting at the end of the third quarter? He made a three and he missed the next one. But why is he shooting? Just Booker, just launch it from the logo. I wanted some deep shots. We It was about that time where... It's okay. I like the efficiency more. I like efficiency more. I know, but more. it's fun. If he makes one of those, dude, we're rushing the court. And the game's <laughs> ended. If he makes one logo court, logo shot, man. Shout out to Coach Fallen Founder, one of our elite jamsters. If you want to become an elite jamster, click, simply click the join button. Uh, he says, Booker yells when he misses a free throw. Very well put, my friend. Very well put. Uh, this is a quick reminder to everybody who's watching that if you head over to our Redbubble page, you can get some pretty cool merchandise like the new Dave King is my son's daddy t-shirt where it actually has uh, Dave King on it. So shout out to our buddy is Dave that King. His over son? That <laughs> Coach Fallen Founder is, you know, jokingly amongst podcasters, we call him Dave King's da- uh, son because he'll go on his podcast from time to time. Then he hangs out on the Aussies podcast. I mean, it's just kind of one of those stupid little jokes that we have. And we made I made a shirt out of it. So. Uh, coach reached out to me last night, said, so says Jay from the Fanny the Flames podcast, had an idea for a shirt, so I designed it. So head on over there and get one. I think I'm going to get one myself and, and wear it on the, on the pod. I think it'd be really funny. So uh, Devin Booker wasn't alone tonight, ladies and gentlemen. He was not alone. He was joined by DeAndre Ayton. Watch. So DeAndre Ayton tonight came out and continued his torrid string of games. This is now his seventh consecutive double-double. He played in 31 minutes as well, the same as Devin Booker. He had 30 points on 11 of 18 shooting, 8 of 9 from the free throw line, Matthew. I will talk about that. Had 15 boards, so a 30 and 15 from our boy DeAndre Ayton in 31 minutes played. Man, he he just wanted it tonight. He... He came into the game, wanted it from the beginning, ended the game with 31. Like, that was the thing that's different, is he comes back in the game and he still wants his points. And I love that selfish DA. Like, he wanted the ball down there. He wanted to get – he's not going to get 50, but he still wants to be known as one of the better players in the league with Booker scoring 51. That's the way he is now. And first 11 points of the game, man, they were hard – they were – they're easy, but the the one that he scored for his tenth point and eleventh point with the end one, mm-hmm. that was that was just insanely awesome because he got a foul call. And I was thinking against him for him, sorry, and I was thinking like this is gonna be fun when he can get to the line, and it's gonna be a new kind of thing. It's gonna be like the next step for Da once he's scoring thirty points a game or twenty five points, not per game, but every now and then. It's like getting to the line. That's the next thing we're gonna look for, and then the technical at the end where he just was like, dude, I, how was that a foul? I got the rebound. He's fighting for the boards in the fourth quarter. His bylink was too, he means it. The anger in him when he's looking at the referee, I'm like, dude, that guy wants, he wants to stay on the court as long as he can. He doesn't want to get a technical course, but he wants to let the refs know, like, I need something here. I need some kind of respect. Monty Williams last week was asking for it too from the refs. So this is kind of building up to where DA is getting to the line. You're, you'll talk about it a little bit, but man, I just, I think the thing you have to look out for, for with DA and book is like, is there enough of a basketball out there for these two guys? I'm just saying the way they played tonight, it was unstoppable. They never played like this together ever. They never actually shown that this is actually their team together. I mean, mm-hmm. of course this is Booker's team, but this has to be their team to win anything. I just, I don't know how long this is going to keep up, but if it keeps up, man, this is something very, very special. This is, what we've been waiting for for five years. Like this is the fifth year, right? So the fifth year is when you know what a center is, who they are. So that's what everyone always says. So this is his fifth year and the passing, the rebounding, everything he's doing out there with Booker on the court is unstoppable. No team in the league can stop this if they play this way all all times. Well, you mentioned the stare that he had after that technical. I was like, dude, don't stare too long. You're going to get teed up again. Like it was that mean of a stare. It was like one of those Devin Booker stairs, right? You know, you can get a double T real quick and be tossed out of the game. And, like, I just didn't want him to get tossed out because at that point he was just shy of 30 points because I wanted him to hit that 30-point threshold. And I mentioned it, and you mentioned it, and I'll mention it again. Getting to the line. 
That is the next step in the evolution of DeAndre Ayton. Think about all of the great centers in the league. Joel Embiid, uh, Nikola Jokic, Giannis is more of a power forward. They get to the line. That's how they get those stats. That's how you get 30 points. He scored 22, and then he got eight at the line. And DeAndre Ayton, 75% career free throw shooter. Joel Embiid's an 81% career free throw shooter, right? So you just got to get yourself there, and he has the ability to do so. And that's what was impressive to me today. You know, you you asked me uh, last night to send you a video kind of highlighting my three keys to the game, right? One of them was Devin Booker. The other one was DeAndre Ayton. And entering this game, Vucevic has owned DeAndre Ayton, DeAndre Ayton statistically, but the Suns have been 6-2 and two against Vuce in those games. So all he needed to really do was neutralize Nikola Vucevic. And he did that in this game. I think he ended with 17 or 16-7, and seven, something like that. Like, no huge stat line. But, the, but the, the key to that was truly the fact that DeAndre not only negated the production of Vucevic, he overpowered him physically. He was getting down on the block, putting himself in position, and moving around enough to get himself available and active to his teammates that Vucevic had to spend a lot of his energy trying to defend DA. That's the benefit of an engaged DA, of somebody who's who's not just coming down and hanging out on the weak side of the court and just kind of hanging behind the defender. He's in there not only trying to get position, but he was battling for position for rebounds. That's how you end with 15 rebounds. And so everything that he did as uh, has been in, in lockstep with what he's been doing over the past seven games is be aggressive, be available, and be dominating. Now, you mentioned him and Devin Booker combined. I mean, 81 points is what they combined for in this game. From a shooting standpoint, ob- standpoint obviously, it's going to be hyper-efficient considering the fact that both of them are already efficient players. But let's see. Let's do some quick math. 31 of 43, 31 of 43. Good Lord. So if I pull up a handy dandy calculator, they combined for 72% from the field. That's so hard to beat, Matthew. That's so hard to beat. Yeah, we were talking, it's just the Bulls kind of, but you brought up Vucevic and yeah, Vucevic. He disappeared. Like this is, this is why, we expect so much because Aiden makes people disappear. Aiden becomes massive. He's already a huge dude, but he becomes so big on the court where it's frightening. It's almost like I feel bad for the other team because it's like, I don't know how you stop them. And Thomas Danette said, or asked, best sons do- duo ever, um, or he said it. I don't, I think so just because Not if they yet. play this way. One I know, night. but I'm just saying, <laughs> if they play this way. Oh, yeah. I mean, obviously, but. I've never Na- seen Nash, Nash Shaq, and Amari. But this is Kobe and Shaq, though. I mean, Shaq's the most, one of the most dominant players ever of all time. Aiden will probably not be Shaq, but Aiden plays a different kind of game. He's unstoppable everywhere on the court. And he, except for the three he clanked off the back of the rim, he he he's not going to abuse you down low, really. But everything else he did tonight is exactly what we want. Like, I just can't stop these two. If they're playing, and like I think Booker is just feeding off of him. He's feeding off of this, and it's like new life to this team. This team is so fucking boring. If Aiden's still the same old Aiden, yeah. what are we, we going to talk about? It's like, oh, Booker scored. He won't even get fifty points tonight if Aiden wasn't playing the way he was. I bet you anything, this would not be a fifty-point game if Aiden wasn't playing that way. The defense. I know there's double teams with Booker, but people were paying attention to Aiden even more. Well, you're looking at what some of the jamsters are saying in the chat. <laughs> And, uh, you know, Barkley and KJ, uh, KJ and Chambers, KJ and Chambers were fucking dynamic, you know, and Chambers was at the back end of his career and he started to slow down. They brought in Barkley and that's what pushed him over the top. But they collectively, I mean, like 1990, 1991, even 92. I mean, those guys were great. Uh, best duo ever from Fabio, Michael Beasley and Wesley Johnson. Good Lord. God. You know, th- th- this, oh this is, <laughs> this is the beauty of doing a post game podcast of is. Of, of course, we're going to no, overreact. Nash and Stat from Kiko G. Uh, they have the potential to be as crazy Luigi says, our Kobe and Shaq. They have the potential. What's exciting about tonight is it's the first time we've seen that potential reached in one game where they combined for 81 points. 
Now you look at other teams around the NBA. What did what what are Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown? They're averaging together like twenty nine points a game, right? Or uh, twenty nine? Did I say twenty nine? I meant fifty nine. There's combined, they're fifty nine points a game. Entering tonight, you you know you take a look at Devin Booker, you take a look at DeAndre Ayton, and they combine for a total of twenty seven plus sixteen, so forty three points. Right, so they're averaging combined 16 points less than what what uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are averaging. So we have a long way to go to even be mentioned with this, the Nash and Amari. Nash and Amari, personally, like KJ and Barkley were amazing. The challenge I always had is they were all KJ was always injured. He was really good with Chambers, but he was injured. Nash and Amari were great. The, these two combined have the the potential to become something special. Let's start to see a little bit more because now we're seeing an engaged DA and Devin Booker is going to feed off of an engaged DA all day long. Cause it was great in that third quarter. Cause it was back and forth. He's hitting DA on pick and rolls. Booker's going crazy. And then Booker does a back cut and then DA hits him. I mean, it was just like, Oh man, it was just beautiful. Yeah. Man. It was a beautiful night for Suns basketball. And you have the defense too high and low. You have defense all around. DA could still play defense on the perimeter, but I mean, it's just all about effort every game. So we're gonna. It's gonna be down to those two teams, the Celtics and the Suns, talking about MVP and who's the better team out east, out west. It's just gonna be that way. Um, it'll be fun because I haven't watched a lot of Boston. I really haven't, so I can't comment on whether or not Tatum's been better than Booker because I haven't watched Tatum's been. Yeah, playing what did out he? Of his mind. What did he do tonight? Jamster. He had like forty-seven points or what, something. Was it forty-seven? I think so. It's forty something. And it was efficient too. I remember he had a, he had an efficient night. So, but Devin Booker clips that he did it in three quarters. I do want to give a shout out to the head coach of the Phoenix Suns, who has a drop. Ever since I've been here, we talked about everything you want is on the other side of hard. This is hard. Monty, Monty Williams, coach of the Phoenix Suns. Thank you. Thank you. Beautiful, beautiful singing. Thank you. Nailed it, huh? I told you. I was on taking the dogs for a walk the other night, and I was singing that in my head. It's like the Davy Crockett song. It's like Davy, Davy Crockett. I was like Monty, Monty Williams, coach of the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but one thing, yeah. See, Jeff F gets it in the chat. He goes, "Shout out to Davy Crockett. I love that show growing up." Uh, no idea I, what you guys are talking about. No, it was great. It was great. I love it. All the all the uh, um, jamsters love it in the chat. So thank you. It makes my uh, my creativity came through on that one. But one thing that I noticed in this game. DA had two quick fouls. Monty kept him in. And here's the most interesting thing. You know, again, DA had a, a, a stellar uh, first quarter, right? As we mentioned, he came out. He was aggressive DA. He was attacking Nikolai Vucevic, uh, making him his Vucevic. And, but ultimately, what we've seen in the past is even when DeAndre Ayton comes out and has an 11-point first quarter like he did, five of seven from the field, three rebounds, we generally don't see him until there's six or five minutes left in that second quarter, right? Monty Williams brought him back with 755 in the second. And I loved that. I love that he's like, you know what? Normally I wait a long time and, and we see it as Suns fans and we get pissed off and frustrated. We're like, dude, he was crushing the first quarter. Now it takes him a while to get back in his rhythm. Now, okay, now it's, you know, if it carries into the third, you know, we didn't see that tonight. We didn't see that tonight. No, and I was thinking too when he did that, or when, during the whole game when I just I'm watching Aiden and I'm thinking of Monty a lot. I was thinking someone actually commented about how maybe they just had a talk because they did talk about how they didn't talk. Maybe they did have their talk, and maybe something happened where they just are on the same page now. And maybe you see that in the past, of course, or if if they don't get on the same page, you know, maybe Monty is not putting him in the game that early because he just doesn't trust him still. But there's something there where. The trust is there. And that's the thing that's just missed from this team, man, is the trust is it was never there in the past, really, in the playoffs, even last year against the Pelicans. Like it was nasty. There's no trust on that team. Now it's just like it seems like everyone is like, all right, we're on the same page. Like when Booker's going off, Aiden's cheering him on. Like someone just mentioned about how they get along, other like, you know, not like Shaq and Kobe. So that's the difference. This team is just they're they're feeling each other and i think that's the way Aiden wants to play is just kind of like i need to trust you and i need to make sure that my teammates got my back and, and that i have coach, their back yeah exactly so 
that's the way it looks like right now. And I, I love it, dude. I think Monty's handled this situation so great. It's hard to take a team that won 64 games, having a letdown playoff year, like just, you know, coming that, back the next year to motivate them again. That must be the most difficult thing in the world to motivate these guys. You don't have to motivate Booker, but the rest of the team, like it would be insanely hard, I feel like. Well, and you continue continually utilize the word trust there. Trust is earned. And I think that DeAndre Ayton has earned that with all of the reports that we've heard from the Phoenix Suns about the work that he's been putting in. We heard it at Suns Media Day. We've heard it since then from the likes of Dwayne Rankin, Kellen Olsen, some of the great guys who who, uh, are the beat writers for the Phoenix Suns. And there's continual buzz around the work that he's putting in and the hours that he's spending studying film, studying ways to be better, spending time in the gym, spending time uh, working out. You know, getting there super early and just trying to mold his body into something that's just a, a brick shit house, and that's what garners trust—trust trust and dedication to the craft. Because Devin Booker is a master of the craft and has always been—he's a basketball head. I think back to the days, Matthew, when you and I were sitting around having a bottle of wine, getting ready to watch uh, what the 2017 NBA draft, and Josh Jackson was somebody that you were really big on because the rumors were. Let's go. Let's the, go rumors were, the rumors were that he's somebody who liked to spend time honing his craft and that fit perfectly with what Devin Booker was. It didn't turn out that way, but it's turned out that way for Deandre Ayton. And again, he's developed a trust with this team and it, and it's translating to the court and that's only going to fortify that trust moving forward. And yes, uh channel of cool. Did he say Vucevic? You bet your ass I did. <laughs> yeah, and OG Mike D. Yeah, Booker even passed over to Craig, or he passed over DA to Craig in the corner for three. I remember that play, and I was like, dude, yep. I didn't like that. I was like, Aiden's right there, but I guess you take the three. I don't know if he thought Aiden was going to cut that hard. Maybe he's just playing to hit Craig, but I saw that too. That was the one play where I'm like, all right, that was kind of weird. I didn't like that. And Steve Haller in the chat says, Voida, do you live in North Phoenix? I swear my neighbor looks like you. I do live in North Phoenix. Throw some cross streets in the chat. We'll see how yeah. close. Just I live down the street. Walk outside. Yeah. You guys both walk outside. Let's <laughs> At the same time and wave. <laughs> I live down the street from Paul from Fanning the Flames podcast. Him and I are like in the same neighborhood. Never bumped into each other. He's a CPA. He's on this computer like all the time. Nerd. Uh, I'm just kidding, Paul. You actually are one of our most loyal listeners. So uh, <laughs> I, I do want to throw. God, it's, it's like almost 40 minutes and we've only talked about two players. There's one guy I want to talk about. I can say is sham wow 19th avenue in union hills no i'm close to union hills but i'm not i'm not over there so we're not neighbors but we're close there's a lot of people that look like john there is it's like this running joke on twitter where every time somebody who was it uh somebody was doing the national anthem at like that was coach fall and founder he yeah, he put something on was. there and then and then like and and so says jay's like no 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 i look like the head coach for the memphis grizzlies so oh well well, uh, so you take a look at Landry Shamit tonight, Matthew. He ends with 12 points off the bench, four of seven from beyond the arc, three rebounds, one assist, one steal. And he was part of that lineup that Monty Williams deployed at the at the beginning of the second quarter that had no true point guard. It was him. It was Damian Lee. It was Mikel Bridges. Uh, I forget. Busy was in there. And playing the four was, oh, fuck, I forget, Ish Wainwright. So that was an interesting lineup that he rolled Ooh. out there. And they were productive. They were a plus five in three minutes to open the third or open the second, which was absolutely paramount because again, you get plus five from those knowing that DA is going to come back in, knowing that Booker is going to come back in, you're going to whip the, the shit out of the other team. But one question I have about Landry Sham at Matthew is why is, why is everybody getting on his ass so much? Like there's a lot of hate for him on Twitter, at least what I've seen. And on bright side of the sun, on some pieces that have been written, People are bashing Landry Sham, and I've talked about in the past, like the more production that he gets, because I wrote that piece for Brightside where I was talking about, like, hey, how does Landry Shamit's return affect the rest of the Phoenix Suns? And everyone's just like, dude, he sucks. The first time of him suck sucking, he sucks. Get him out of here. No, like he hasn't sucked really all year. The thing that sucks for me is I don't know where all the hate is. I don't see that really at all, honestly. So I don't, I can't really comment on that. I know we've been really, I've been a big fan of him this year. You have too. Um, Shamit just needs to be more aggressive. That bad juju that Aiden had, where it's just like not being aggressive, not wanting the ball, not doing your thing. 
Shamit needs to be that guy off the bench where he can just create and be, you know, physical. He can get to the lane, do what he wants to do out there. He can get a shot off anytime he wants, but they just were waiting around. I know they were plus five, but there was just a time before Aiden and Booker came back in the game where it just was so stale. And it's just like, Shamit, you be the guy, man. I trust him. I mean, he did. I think he had like one turnover in the second quarter. He yeah. had one, one bad pass. Other than that, though, he's he's a lot better than what he looks out there. There's just something there that he needs to get through to his head. It's like he set up Biombo on a few terrible passes inside. And it's like, that's not Biombo's game. Don't do that. You're right by the basket. Put it up. Like, you're mm-hmm. like 12 feet away from there. Just do a running hook. Do something. Because we know you can do that. He's just, it's something in his head where it's like an Aiden thing where he's just very passive and he needs to get rid of it. Just be more aggressive, man. We'll see the best Shamit out there. And yeah, he might be a trade target. He might be a guy in the um, that might be traded. But still, if we can have this guy for long term, he's playing perfect. He just needs to be more aggressive, right? Yeah. Well, and a couple of jamsters say in the chat, Coach Fallen Founder, I like cheering for Landry, but I can see why he got hate because he got the big pay raise before Aiden. Uh, and Hamo speaks also says that's it coach. Just, it's just a grudge against him. And I can see that. And we've been critical right here on the sun's jam session podcast of Landry Shaman in the past. Like remember last year, I didn't give give him his drop back for half the season because he played like shit. But one thing that we've both noticed at the front of the season, there's a little bit more confidence of for him. It's what only like the second time in his career where he's actually stayed in the same place for two consecutive seasons. And the other one, it's like he got traded halfway through the season. You know, he arrived in like, Philly for half a season before he started the next season. So like he's getting his roots down. Obviously he had the concussion issue, uh, but prior to that, he was playing pretty well and it ne- wasn't necessarily coming through on the stat line, but you could see it with the aggressiveness that he was playing with and the defensive intensity he was playing with. So I look at any performance by Landry Shaman as a potential win-win either he's up in his trade value or he's uh, with performances like tonight uh, or he's, if he's playing bad, there's enough depth behind him to where Monty Williams can say, okay, well, Dwayne Washington is going to go ahead and get those minutes. So, again, I, it's interesting how many people are turned off to Shamit after last year. I think that the potential that's there, I'm going to continue to have faith and hope in it, knowing that this is a team that has the best record in the Western Conference, and we don't need him to be somebody who's coming off the bench and being our Jordan Clarkson. But when he has games like tonight where he's efficient, and in, in low minute counts, I mean, how many minutes did he end up playing tonight? So he scored uh, his 12 and a half. Yeah. 18 and a half minutes. That's, that's a good point total in 18 and a half minutes, Matthew. Yeah. And especially when you have Damian Lee that can come out and even Washington junior, you've seen it this year. Like those, this is a perfect team that is surrounding Aiden and Booker. Like both these guys can pass. Both these guys can set up whoever comes in off the bench, whoever is starting. They just are shooters. It's kind of like when you look at Luca, like the big thing right now is with Luca. It's like, he makes like everyone's talking shit about him, but he just needs people around him that can shoot, that can just come out and get hot. If he's not hot, there's someone else. That's the way this team is kind of set up right now, where a lot of these guys are just perfect for the situation, especially like a Mikhail Bridges and Tory Craig. Like those two guys are amazing next to Aiden. Like those, they look so good next to him because they do all the shit that he can't get to. Like if he can't get to that board, there he is. If there's there's Tory Craig. There they are. Like there's they're McKay. right there with him, man. And, this is a perfect team set up, and I'm sure we'll talk about Chris Paul, maybe not tonight, but sometime, whenever he comes back, like how this chemistry is going to change, but I don't think it'll change that much. The point I guess we'll talk about him right now. You know, I'll give him a quick shout out. <laughs> that slutty vegan hoodie on. I thought that was hysterical. Yeah, I guess that's like a restaurant. Is it? So, so you're actually Googling the restaurant. You're like looking it up on Yelp, reviewing their menu. No, actually, I, I Googled that last week, Slutty Vegan, because I just wanted to see what they look like, and it came up as a restaurant. But no, no, oh, okay. on, on Twitter, on Twitter, someone did actually post that it's a restaurant. So I believe in Twitter on that one. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And you talked about Mikhail, just real quick, not the greatest game for Mikhail uh, relative to point totals. Didn't need to be when you have 81 points coming from other starting members of your starting five. Uh, but he was 3 of 13 tonight, 0-4 from beyond the arc, 8 points, 4 rebounds, 3 assists. Uh, you did mention Damian Lee. I did want to give him a little love. Today I met this cat. He said his name was Damian. He thinks that we're a lot alike and wants to be my friend. Damian Lee, again, the efficiency is ridiculous. 2 of 3 from beyond the arc tonight. He's shooting like what, like 48%, 49%, had 12 points, had 6 rebounds. 
low key one of the best additions this past off season uh, for the Phoenix Suns and just in basketball general provided with all of the different production that he's given us, you know, I, we don't need to go on an extensive run on why Damian Lee's great, but just acknowledge that he is. Oh, he's very, very good. And he's like the best guy next to Booker when Booker's getting double teamed. I love like how Booker and even Aiden tonight was very patient waiting for the double team. If it was coming, if it wasn't coming, finding a way to score. If it wasn't coming, then if it was coming, they would pass up to these guys that are wide open from three wide. Cameron Payne mm-hmm. is always open. Yes. And Lee is always open from three because they these guys they dribble it twice, look at it, dribble it, it's you know. Awesome. It's awesome. These guys are ready to go. This this they're surrounded. I mean, this is the best game. This is the best game. So I wish the season would end tonight because this is I the know. best game I've watched in a long time. It, it was really, really fun. And to your point, the more that double teams are being thrown at Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton, one, the more their teammates will benefit, because two, the more they're gonna get used to navigating them. And you're already starting to see the fruits of that labor. Because you look at earlier in the season, there were a couple games that the Suns lost, not by a wide margin, probably by a point. I think four of their six losses have come by one point. Okay? So a total of four points lot. You know? So, I mean, but that being said, in a lot of those instances, it was Devin Booker getting doubled and he just wasn't ready for it. And the team didn't know exactly what to do in that moment. And they're all, that's what happens throughout a season is they're going to get more and more used to how to navigate those and get efficient and deadly to the point where like, if you have a scout from Houston who's sitting in the crowd tonight, he's writing on his notes. He's like, don't fucking double those guys, man. Cause they're guys, they have guys around him who can hook, who can shoot it. And they have guys who could swing the ball around. And then guess what? Devin Booker's now in a mismatch and he takes advantage of it. But you couldn't stop like. He was even splitting double teams. Like, yeah, he was ridiculous. I, right, I, mean. I really think the Aiton thing right now is really playing huge in Booker's favor where there's defense, there's double teams, but they're not truly focused on Booker. They oh. are they they have him in the back of their mind the whole time. Aiden being being Aiden in the back of their mind, in the back behind their head. They're like, where is this dude? Like, you know, they have to pay attention to this guy now. So Booker is just, man, if he has this freed up just a little bit where people don't have that mental capacity to really just focus the whole game on him like he's gonna get his shit like almost every night and this is gonna be a lot of fun dude. yeah because of the gravity of deandre and that's something that a lot of suns fans i don't know if they've truly realized because we've had those instances out there where bismack biombo or jock landell or even javel mcgee last year would have some pretty acceptable games frank kaminsky and they're like dude i mean frank kaminsky can thrive in this offense why do we pay da the difference is when DeAndre Ayton's in the game, the offense or the, the defense knows the ability that he has and they shade him a different way. They defend him a different way. So every time he gets the ball, there's pressure on him. Whereas when Frank Kaminsky's out there, they're not doing that. They're guarding the perimeter. So Frank Kaminsky would have easier shots. JaVale McGee would have easier shot attempts than what DeAndre Ayton got. So to your point, Devin Booker's only going to continue to thrive because no matter what, there will be a gravity around DeAndre Ayton. And every now and then, they'll forget about him. And then you'll see one of those highlight you know, alley-oop dunks where DA sets the screen and just kind of fades away. Then, boom, attacks the rim. And it's just it, – it's art. It's just art, Matthew. Yeah, and I, really quick, I think what – every time Booker would bring the ball in bounds, I think the defense was trying to get back for DA. And by the time they were – hey, there's DA, Booker was flying by them to the rim. That – I've never seen that before in my life with Booker where he was just getting to the rim. I don't care who they're playing. This has never happened because the team was so distracted by whatever else was going on. He was having his way. And I I tell you what, dude, these guys are going to be fighting over those points. If if they're both going to be playing, if Aiden's playing this way, they're going to be fighting over those points every night. It's going to be fun to watch, dude. (laughs) Yeah. It's going to be good. Uh, Sorry, Steve Holler. He says, I can't tell you how disappointed that I'm not, that Void isn't my neighbor. (laughs) Sorry, man. We, just, we, we live both on North Phoenix side, just not right ruin, next to each other. It would ruin the relationship. It'd no, it'd be it, great. I, I, I wouldn't need to have this this painting behind me, and I could just open the window, and Steve Holler could like hang outside like the Today Show and hold up signs. You know, like, Booker had a good game. Like, behind me, it'd be really cool. So yeah, actually, I'm kind of... Family, he'd probably, <laughs> they'd probably, what are you doing? <laughs> if, if he has a family, they'll be like, what are you doing outside this dude's house? <laughs> My wife's like, what the hell is going on there? <laughs> Well, I think it's time because I'm really interested to know what happened on the Chicago Bulls subreddit tonight. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. So for those of you who are new to the program, what we like to do during the game is one of us will hang out on the subreddit of the opposing team 
just to hear what they have to say. How are they absorbing the game? Because obviously we have our lenses on. Like Matthew has those massive sunglasses lenses on. Matthew was hanging out apparently uh, on the subreddit for the Chicago Bulls tonight as the Unabomber. So while you were hanging out amongst the the Bulls faithful, what were they saying, Matthew? Oh man, this jacket's tiny too. I ripped it a little bit trying to get it on. Inside. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so somebody was funny right away. It said Lonzo would have locked Book up. That was the first thing really I saw. His book was already good and going. Yeah, Lonzo would have locked Book up. So keep dreaming, dude. Dude, uh, they 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 threw just a side note. They threw everybody at Book tonight. Everybody had their chance to get cooked by Book. I don't think Lonzo Lonzo would have broke his other knee. <laughs> he would. He would have been on the floor in the first quarter for sure, man. Um, but yeah, Zach. Did you know Zach Levine's still playing for the Bulls? Yeah, he was out there. At yeah, times. he was out there. It says I know Levine's been dealing with injuries, but this is a heavily, um, handily Demar's team. Uh, no question. Like this is Demar's team, but that just is kind of depressing because Demar is good, but he's not the like number one guy. He he would thrive. As a number two guy, he'd be a perfect compliment to Zach Levine if Zach Levine could put it together. Zach Levine tonight, 21 points on 7 of 15 shooting, 29 points for DeMar DeRozan. But DeMar DeRozan leads this team in scoring. And Zach Levine's numbers are down relative to his shooting percentages, his aggressiveness. Again, he's had some injuries. But yeah, he's not that guy. And I think a lot of Bulls fans are probably realizing that, as I'm sure you saw on on their subreddit tonight. Yeah, and also, they did have a small victory, though. The Bulls um, have a third... or. The Chicago Bulls have a 43 to 41 lead at halftime against Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton. So that was their little victory tonight. That was insane. So at halftime, the Bulls out were outscoring DA and Booker. Good job. Yep. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny shit. Uh and then it got a little a little nasty. I don't want to watch Booker dropping 50 on the Bulls. I'm out. And then K guys enjoy Devin's career night. I'm out. People were just <laughs> dropping out. There, this was the third quarter. This is like third yeah. quarter. They're like, I'm done. And then uh, this, oh, the trade machine started going. There's a lot of oh, trades wow. thrown out there. Yeah. And then the Bulls fan base is the most depressing in the entire league. It looked like it. I mean, because there's a lot of expectations on this yes. team. So it's it's been a bad year. As much fun as we're having, that's as a bad time that they're having, dude. It's- yeah, you, you got to remember that this team last year started off like 39 and 21. And their last X amount of games, I think they went like 7 and 15, 7 and 19. So they're yeah. a team that started out hot. They had a lot of promise. Injuries hit them. They, they lost in five games to the Milwaukee Bucks in the first round. The, they didn't make a lot of offseason moves. They really believed in this core and said, hey, what we had last year was special. We're a defensively-minded team. We don't shoot the three-ball well, but oh, well, we'll play old school. Well, I mean, that worked against them tonight. They were 4 of 25, shot 16%. I mean, and one-and-done possessions. I mean, that's what killed them is the the Suns just drew that lead out by hitting those one-and-done possessions. But to your point, Matthew, a team that is now now 9-12 and had really high expectations coming into into this year, and they're not even coming close. So it's got to be it's got to be depressing over there in, in Bullsland. Frankly, my dear, I don't give a damn because of what you did to us thirty years ago. Oh, and by the way, people say you look not like the Unabomber, but we got some Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, we've got some. Um, <laughs> oh, how sweet! Oh, yeah. uh, more like Vanilla Ice. Yeah, uh, like dude. Uh, yeah. So yeah, hit out zero Bulls fan. Lonzo will have locked Booker up. So it looks like some of our jamsters were hanging out on the subreddit for the bull. So good job, guys. We appreciate that. Downvote that. The Suns Jam Session subreddit stakeout. Good job hanging out with them tonight. That was that was. What is that, Eric's jacket? What are you doing? No, I, I ordered it. And it was like a size too small. But it doesn't matter. Oh man. <laughs> Oh, damn it. Got him. Jam star of the game. All right, Jamsters. A reminder, go ahead, hit that thumbs up button while you're hanging out with us. If you're listening, go ahead and subscribe or head over to the YouTube page. Drop us a thumbs up. It helps with the algorithms and such. Let's people know where to hang out with the original post-game podcast of Planet Orange. And let us know in the chat whichever way it is when you're watching, uh, who your jam star of the game is. Matthew, I is it is it Master Baton, Booker and Aiton? 
nice one. Good dude. duo name. Uh, let's, let's go, Baton. Let's go, Baton. Justin <laughs> Pinkman. That's a good one. You look like Justin Pinkman one. on the subreddit. I did. Thank you. That's awesome. Uh, I'm excited about that. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to go. Uh, take a, I don't know. I'm going to say both of them. I'm going to give it a co- co-star. Booker was amazing, but dude. I think I'm more excited about fucking DA right now than I am well, about. It's because it opens Booker's up Park Booker. 15. Yeah, exactly. It's like you don't have like you don't have the peanut butter, you don't have the jelly, right? Is that how it goes? Is that what is that a saying? <laughs> you just made that a saying. I guess that's that that's what happens next. Is if there's no peanut butter, there's no jelly. Um, I just think that it was a true Batman and Robin kind of performance tonight. But it's got to be Thomas Thomas and Kendall for breaking up with Book. He came out and, and really kicked some ass. Uh, it, it's Devin Booker tonight. It has to be Devin Booker as the jam star of the game. I mean, in my opinion, there's no two ways uh, about it. DeAndre Ayton, amazing performance. And thank you for doing that. But you got to work just a little bit harder, buddy, if you want the jam star when Devin Booker is going for 51, uh, man. He wants it, it though. I know. He, he, Booker, he's trying. Booker was trying to score before Ayton could even get back down the court. He's like, no, I'm scoring. Like, they're going to be fighting, dude. I'm telling you, man, that's going to be awesome. We'll see. And and we'll see because the next game that we win. play is the Houston Rockets. And th- that's a team that you take a look at. They're, they're not good. The next two games are against the two worst teams in the Western Conference. And you, you don't want the Phoenix Suns to run into any instance where they're going against a team and they, they sneak up on them. But the Rockets are 5-15. Are and 15. You take a look at their, their uh, defense – not good. Their defensive rating is 28th in the league at 116.1. Their offensive rating is 24th in the league. So their net rating is 28th. Uh, they score only 110 points. That's 22nd in the league. And they give up 116. That's 24th. So this isn't like your typical, like, you know, remember last year when we played the Rockets, they had a lot of offensive firepower and it scared you because they had a really nice offense, but their defense just sucks. So it's like, you know, you can score on them at will, but you can't get stuck in one of those games where they just start fucking hitting you with all those different threes. That's not really this team this year. They're really trying to adjust who they are as they try to understand exactly what they want to be. They, ha- they they shoot the eighth most threes, and they make the eighth most threes in the NBA. Uh, they get the third most offensive rebounds, so that's something to, to keep note of as DeAndre Ayton is going up uh, against whoever they're going to be throwing at, at center. It's probably Sengun or Senjin, or however you say the guy's name, but he complete, he, he's one of those more athletic guys. But this is an opportunity, you know, this is a team that is led in scoring by Jalen Green. They've got Kevin Porter Jr., Eric Gordon coming off the bench, Jabari Smith Jr., the third overall pick in the draft at power forward, Kenyon Martin Jr., everyone who's on this team, their last name ends with a junior. So it's going to be one of those games where we know Devin Booker is going to be lit. It's at home. You know he's going to be lit, Right. DA, this is another good opportunity for DA to kind of push push somebody younger around. He feels like he's the, the big man on the on campus right now, right? He's the Western Conference player of the fucking week. So I want to see him go out against that Houston Rocket team and push them around a little bit. Yeah, make this a game between the two. Just go out there and see you can score the most. Act like the Rockets aren't even there. Don't even pay them any attention. Just you two, Booker and, and Aiden, just go head-to-head and see you can score them as much points as you can. And if that's the game, dude, I'm excited for that. I don't want to watch a Suns versus Rockets game. I don't want. I want to watch Aiton and Booker just go fucking crazy, dude. I'm just that's gonna rewatch the game tonight again and pretend it never happened. Oh my! Like I missed that one Aiton game when I was at the airport. Yeah, that was. And a good I was one. like, damn, I was so pissed. But I this makes up for it. Then you got this one. Another yeah. thing to understand about this game is the fact that the Houston Rockets are 27th in the league in assists. So the, what that tells you with a bunch of young guys, it's a bunch of isolation ball. They're not moving the ball around a ton. They're they're getting it into the hands of Jalen Green. He's just trying to attack. They're shooting up threes. So knowing the Suns, knowing the fact that they know how to play cohesive de- defense, I can see the Suns going out and getting their seventh win in a row. Matthew, can't you? Yeah. I mean, you can unmute and talk, but that'd be cool if you unmuted. You know, I'd love to hear what you had to say. <laughs> Yes, yes, I would love that. I would love a seventh win in a row. Even if we lose, nah, we're not going to lose this game, but I don't know. I'm just thinking of different things right now. I'm not thinking about the regular season or win streaks or anything like that. I'm just thinking of DA nonstop and Booker. Just, it's insane right now. Uh, It is insane. It's fun. 
this was a fun game. This was a fun pod. Uh, we'll end it with a couple questions or a couple statements. I was thinking about this the other the other night when I was watching the Suns game. Fuck sweet James. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm tired of the commercial. The dude's a Clippers fan. Oh, he was, yeah, he, yeah. he was he was married to one of the Real Housewives of Some Hills or something that my wife watches. Oh, shocker. Yeah, and he's just like, I'm tired of seeing his ugly face. Fuck Sweet James. Get a new sponsor. And then last question I have before we get out of there, totally not basketball related, but, well, I got two questions. Did you get your Spotify year in review? Yeah, did I did. That yet? So, yeah, who, yeah, yeah. so who are your top five artists? This is funny. Oh. Um... So, you, so you look for yours. I'll tell everybody mine. Okay. So I post I posted this on Twitter. Mine was Zach Brown, or I'm sorry, Zach Bryan, who's kind of like a low-key country guy. My number one guy was Zach Bryan. Number two was Midland, who is a country music trio that I love. Uh, number three was Miranda Lambert. Number four was Eric Church, and number five was Tyler Childers. For anything for anybody who knows anything about country music, those are all pretty country, country people. And it's funny because somebody quoted said on Twitter, like, is this real or are you being funny? LOL, I didn't take you as a country music listener. I love country music. I love all music. I do. But, like, I I like three chords in the truth, man. So that's what my five, my top five were. Again, Zach Bryan, Midland, Miranda Lambert, Eric Church, and Tyler Childers. Matthew, you have a much diverse uh, uh, listening of music genre thingy so you want to tell the jamsters who your top five was on spotify's listen thingy unmute yourself zach brian not zach brown band david ray i got you're saying zach brown band no i actually had zach brian check him out matthew we can't hear you if you can hear us i, I assume that you're you're he, he's well this is a horrible way to end an amazing podcast uh <laughs> no okay so i was i have my phone as a camera yeah audio thing um so i i'm gonna try to remember um i have uh i have uh the weekends is one of them okay um, another one's uh mike dimes i have him on there i have Don't even uh, know who that is. i have uh i think 21 savage was one of them this is like it's like rap dude i went into rap like a lot last last um last year it was just mostly rap um, and then I also had, um, who was the other dude? Uh, there's a couple other guys. Damn it. I wish I had it with me, man, but it's all good. It. Shinebeck says, wow, that's the worst list ever. And David <laughs> Ray says, it's not Zach Bryan. It's Zach Brown. No, it's Zach Bryan. Look up Zach Bryan. That's the guy I'm talking about. Something in the orange is his number one song. I've listened to all of his shit. So trust me, I, he was my number one listen to guy. And that gives you like your five most listened songs. They're all Zach Bryan songs. Oh, so okay. he he he's like this young guy, uh, country. Uh, uh, he was in the Navy, songwriter, singer songwriter. So again, I I went on way too long on that. Well, but, also uh, I had I had AJR too. There's one other person, uh, AJR. Yeah, you AJR. you listen to such like cooler music than I do. I just listen to like stupid country. No, and then uh, Slipknot too. <laughs> maybe <laughs> maybe ten years ago, twelve years ago, it would have been Slipknot. You know, Coach Fallen founder. Uh, this is Eric Church Springsteen. I have a whole st- coach on founder. We'll, we'll share a story about that song. Uh, <laughs> Nickelback. Nickelback was not on mine. Um, my wife, hers is so much cooler than mine too. But her most listened to song was Something in the Orange by Zach Bryan. What so, was your podcast? Was it Bill Simmons? Bill Simmons was number one. Number yeah. two was the Fantasy Footballers. Number three was the Rewatchables. Number four was the uh, the NBA the Ringer NBA show number five was Book of Basketball by Zach, by Bill Simmons. Oh, nice. Okay, yeah. I just had I just I can remember just um, Bill Simmons and uh, Joe Rogan, of course. No dunks. Everyone, no, everyone always no, has Joe Rogan on there. So. No dunks. Uh, yeah, no dunks. But I know yeah. no, no because I usually watch them on YouTube. Gotcha. I usually watch them live in the morning. So gotcha, Mike. Great pod. Don't ruin it, guys. Well, I'm going to ruin it by one simple question oh, that I have left know. that I have left for Matthew. Who are you picking this week? You make that decision yet? Yeah, so I, th- I think I'm gonna go with Chargers. Okay, I'm picking the Vikings. So are you? Okay. Yep. We're we're in a survivor pool with that started with 75 people. It's down to what five people? Five or yeah. six? Yeah. Five people left. There's like 2,500 bucks in the pot, and you got to pick a team. And this is the first week Matthew and yeah. I aren't picking the same team, so this will be interesting. Uh, so I was uh, thinking I'm, about the Vikings. Damn it! Well, I don't know. I'm gonna go yeah. Chargers though. All right, go Chargers. Who are they playing? The Raiders. Oh, good luck with that one. 
Uh, oh, on that on that note, Jamsters, <laughs> thanks for hanging out with us. What an amazing game for the Phoenix Suns. I hope you had fun watching the podcast. If you did, go ahead and hit the thumbs up. If you didn't, hit the thumbs up anyways. Subscribe, rate, review. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Darth Voida, where you can see me put out my favorite music, country music artists per Spotify. Uh, make sure you follow the show at Suns Jam on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Make sure you follow Matthew Lissy. At Matthew Lissy. <laughs> on that note, we'll see you come Friday night, Jamsters. Yeah, go home and love your family. credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.